Okay, everyone, before we get started, I just want to take a minute to tell you about one of our sponsors. And again, you know that I'm obsessed because I get to bring you incredible deals to be able to not only try these companies, but make them a part of your everyday life like I have. And a company that I'm obsessed with right now is Liquid IV. I'm obsessed because I drink a ton of water and I also try to stay as healthy as possible. So I don't know about you, but drinking water is a lot easier if it tastes good. And on top of that, I know that it's doing amazing things in my body. You guys, one stick for 16 ounces of water hydrates you two to three times faster and more efficiently than water alone. You get added bonus vitamins of vitamin C, B3, B5, B6, and B12. And I don't know about you, but it is essential, especially right now, to make sure that you're getting a ton of vitamins. So if you're dehydrated, Liquid IV is the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. And I'm mildly obsessed with making sure that I drink enough water for my skin And I don't know if you know this, but it helps so much with brain function and with more energy, not only during the day, but you all know that I work out every single day. I don't miss it. So this is really important that I make sure that I am replacing my water. But this company is not only freaking amazing because it's delicious, it makes you feel awesome, but they have an amazing give back component, you guys. They are all about making sure that they are not only on the mission of helping people stay hydrated and healthy, but also to change the world. They've donated 2 million servings to date to places like Haiti, Uganda, Puerto Rico, and Nepal. And imagine what that would do for people when they already don't have a ton of access to clean water, being able to make that one little bit of water seem like three in their body. So this is huge for them in all that they're doing. It's the fastest growing wellness brand. You can find it in Costco and Whole Foods. You can also order it online. Non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free. It's totally clean. It's TSA approved for when we can travel. (laughs) And it makes it... It is insanely effective because of the cellular transport technology. It's got the exact optimal ratio of glucose, sodium, and potassium. It delivers water and nutrients into the bloodstream perfectly. It's the perfect balance to help you hydrate quickly and more effectively than water alone. You guys, I have this in the morning before my workouts. And also it's that perfect thing at night for when I've already had my snack, but I'm still jonesing. I just add a little of this in a huge bottle of water and finish off my night and just feel complete after that. So you guys, you get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code HAPPY at checkout. So 25% off anything that you order on Liquid IV's website. You just have to go to liquidiv.com and enter the promo code HAPPY, that's HAPPY in all caps, H-A-P-P-Y, to save 25%. And you can let me know what you think because I'm in love. Uh, We actually had gotten this sponsored for all of our masterminds. And I used this at a week-long event that I had in Phoenix where you know you pretty much just turn into a cactus. So you guys, check it out. It's liquidiv.com, promo code HAPPY. I think a lot of people have put so much pressure on the self-care part of it, you know, in making sure that we meditate and things like that, that if someone doesn't, it's almost like we're frowned upon now. And I'm just like, God, when do we just stop judging ourselves and each other and just say, make a decision that's right for you? Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. 
Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. So excited that you're here. Truly, you have no idea what it's like to sit alone in a room and really hope that people listen to you. (laughs) You guys, I just pray one day you can sit in front of a microphone and talk to a bunch of people that are not there, but you just picture them. So here's what I'm picturing. I'm picturing you driving in your car. So hands up, driving the car. Um, I'm picturing you running, picturing you at your desk at work. Like, God, I wish there were... When I was in a corporate setting, why did I not get the memo on podcasts? Like, totally could have killed two birds with one stone and actually been entertained instead of... God, what did I do at my desk all day? For real. All right. So on the podcast today, we have someone who is just... One of those women who completely inspires me all of the time. She's been on the podcast once before, but she was on with a friend. So I never really got to dive super deep with her on Earn Your Happy, and I knew that I wanted to. I have been featured on her show, Women of Impact, and her husband's show, Impact Theory, which was one of the greatest experiences. Both of their shows was just such an incredible experience to be on, to be on such a well-produced show and to have such a large audience and also just to connect to some of the best interviewers that I've ever been interviewed by. So Lisa Bilyeu is my guest today. She's the co-founder and president of Impact Theory. It's a digital media production company focused on empowering content. I know that many of you have listened to their show or been moved by their show or impacted by their show. If not, you need to go check it out. In addition to co-founding Impact Theory, she co-founded the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition. Friends, you cannot go into a store without seeing a Quest bar or being tempted by it. Her career trajectory has been an astonishing arc from housewife to entrepreneur, transforming her business to focus from nutrition to entertainment media. And now jumping in front of the camera, she hosts her show, Women of Impact, that centers on all things female empowerment. This episode is so much fun. She's so amazing. She's got incredible talents that she's uh, taking and applying into other things, which is just amazing because we truly can take the things that we are passionate about and turn them into our businesses. Maybe not right away in the beginning, but eventually we have nothing that is stopping us from doing exactly what she we want. And I think she embodies this so beautifully. And it would be a complete disservice to you to tell you or to not tell you that I must see you at the Bliss Project at the end of March because it is going to be the most epic Bliss Project that we have had yet. It is in Marina Del Rey, California. You guys, it is right on the water. It's insane, let alone that there's just being there for the weekend would be epic at the Ritz-Carlton, let alone there is an awesome event going on with incredible women from all around the world. Our guest speakers this year are insane. You are not going to want to miss it. Also, I just have to tell you, some of my favorite part is creating the stage and the photo opportunities. That's all. I don't know. I love me a good boomerang. 
You're not going to want to miss this. You're going to want to insert yourself into the pictures if you're not there. You're going to meet your tribe. You're going to get all your answers. You're going to connect because truly, I'm just going to brag for one second. I know how to facilitate deep connection and help you find the answers that you need. And so do all of these incredible speakers. And I really want you to step into your power, to let go of what's holding you back and to get out of your own way. Let's face it. If you're not willing to get in the room, that is you getting in the way. Just get in the room and trust the process of what happens. It is what I have done. It is how everything has happened for me. So go to theblissproject.info and I can't wait to see you. We're gonna. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun, even if you're freaking out. Okay, let's get started. Lisa, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you for having me, Laura. I'm so excited to talk to you. (laughs) So last time I got to talk to you um, on this show was uh, I had you on with another person, Cassie. Yes. And it was absolutely amazing. And I will tell you that literally when I was sitting with both of you, I was just like, okay, I need to actually have a separate interview with both of them because while that was freaking amazing, now I'm just like, Lisa, tell me more. (laughs) Tell me more. Like it is so hard to interview two people who are both freaking so awesome and dynamic because it's like, you just get sucked into one story and you're like, okay, clearly we need to be able to have a completely separate interview. Yeah, um, God, I, I feel the same about you. And I hope you know that obviously having your women of impact, it's like even just recording that for an hour, I was like, I could go for so much longer. Like we just <laughs> really freaking connected, I think from day one since we met. Um, so I thank you so much for having me on. It's, it's an absolute honor to be on again and do a solo episode. Oh my gosh, this is going to be awesome. I've, I, I just ran through some of the topics before we hit record that I wanted to go over her, go over with her. We'll probably get to like three of them. <laughs> I have big dreams of getting to like all 10 of these. So Lisa, I want to know what has been just, I, I believe that every year kind of has like this theme to it, like some of, you know, either the biggest lessons or a word or something that you're really uh, going through or focusing on. So I want to hear about what 2019 lesson was for you. And then I want to hear what you feel like this year's word or thing is for you. Oh, all right. So um, 2019's lesson. So at the beginning of the year, I had said to myself, I need to get my health on track Mm. and I absolutely have to prioritize it. Um, You know, building Quest and then starting Impact Theory, my health just completely went. And for like four years, I've been battling with just massive digestion and gut issues. Um, And I've never put myself first. I've always put my business first. I've always put my relationship with my husband first. Um, And last January, I was like, okay, now's the time, Lisa, you're not healing. And to fool yourself into thinking that it's an external reason is just pulling the wool over your eyes. It's like, I had to admit that my lifestyle and the way that I was um, caring for myself was actually absolutely what was um, the problem and why I couldn't heal. And so I just faced that reality. And so I went into last year going, it is all your fault, Lisa, but the great news is now you can change it. Mm. And so last year I started to do acupuncture. I started to go to a more holistic doctor. 
doctor that was talking about stress management. Um, I was getting massages, you know, every week. I was um, very, very um, strict on supplement taking. I was making sure that I was always taking them. So I was really doing a lot of self-care. I was reducing my workload. I was finding different methods and ways to do less um, and really focus on the high level stuff of my business. So it really like changed my entire strategy and way of thinking. And then the last piece of the puzzle really came at the end of last year where um, I ended up um, buying a new house. And that was a big thing for me because, you know, we have a studio in our house. We have about 25 employees that come to our house every single day. And so my work life and my um, personal life were completely intertwined day in, day out. Um, people were coming, I mean, literally 7 a.m. people are turning up and I'm still in my pajamas or I'm in the gym working out, you know, and then I'm, work, you know, walking out of the gym and we've got employees there. And even though I chose that and I don't beat myself up for choosing that um, lifestyle because it has gotten me where I am with my business, I knew that I had to change that as well. And so just before Christmas, we bought a new place. And so now I'm really trying to find that new um, habits and patterns and figure out how I, you know, um, I'm able to do that, but it's made already in like the last three or four weeks, it's made such a difference on um, splitting my, my spaces up. So self-care has been mm. massive for me last year. That is the best thing to hear because we have a team in our house right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> All the time. And we are looking for office space. Yeah. And there's a part of that's a little nervous because there is a, there is a part that's amazing, right? To like roll out of bed or stay mm-hmm. in bed or like, have your team working there while you can just like not have to travel somewhere or do something. So are you having to go somewhere to go into the office or what does that look like for you? Has it, what's been that integration for you? Yeah, so our, our studio has still kept our studio. And so okay. me and Tom moved out and bought a new house to live in. So okay. our studio space is still where it is. And um, the one thing also I want to mention is even doing this, the two things at once for three years, like I absolutely knew it was a hindrance to my health. So mm. I wasn't like I was blinded by it. I just chose to put my business first. Mm. Um, and so that is also really important. So even with you right now, when you've got, you know, people in your house, it's like making that conscious effort. It's like, no, no, okay, I'm going to choose to sacrifice this in, you know, to better my business or to better this goal that I have. And what I had to do is I had to flip them slightly. So initially I was like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to build this business, to be, you know, um, an amazing business partner to my husband. And over time that last year, I had to consciously change it and say, okay, I'm going to keep my business moving forward. So I know that I'm still not going to heal a hundred percent. I'm very conscious of that, but now I need to back off on certain things and take a hard look at myself and see what I'm holding onto that I don't need to hold onto. Mm, And I had to go of those things. And in effort to let go of those, it allowed to free myself up to then do more self-care. But when I, when I reflected back, everything I was holding onto was purely ego sake. It actually wasn't in service of the business anymore. Mm. So that was actually a really interesting insight. Can you expand on that? Just expand a little bit, like yeah. for example... Absolutely. So um, when we were at Quest, I had um, built our studio out. And so every piece of content I'd ever been a part of produced or executive produced, I had always reviewed. So not one piece of um, content ever went out without my approval. Mm. And Tom, when we started to do Impact Theory, um, you know, it had gone to probably around 300 shows, our shows, 300 of them. Not wow. one of them had ever gone out without 
my eyes. Um, and I was the, the safety blanket. I was this, you know, the safety net for the company, for Tom, for myself, that nothing would ever go out without my approval. And after I started to really assess where all my time was going, so what I did is I pulled up my calendar and I just said, look at the last three weeks and look at where your time has gone. And now create two columns. One, is it moving you forward or is it not? And so I went through every single thing on my calendar and put it in a bucket, moving me forward or not, moving me forward mm. or not. And I saw I was spending five hours a, um, a week on just reviews. Um, and then I was spending another three hours on set just watching the shows being shot. And so I was like, wow, that's like eight hours. That's a whole, you know, to some people, that's a work day for them. Yeah. Um, here I am looking and hang on a minute. Do I not trust my team? Yeah, of course I trust my team. So why on earth am I reviewing everything? If I know that I've got a good team to back, you know, have our back and know that they're not going to put out something that is either against, you know, our <clears throat> reputation or our beliefs or anything like that. Why am I going through this again? Why am I reviewing? Why am I spending this time? And once I started to um, kind of pick things apart, I really realized it was ego because I loved being able to say nothing's gone out without my approval. Mm. Like it actually wow. wasn't for the business anymore. And so once I was able to go, Lisa, that is for your own ego. That is so that you can say that, so you can feel good about it. But ultimately you're not moving the business forward. You're not moving yourself forward. So you have to let go. Literally the next day I went in, I declared I'm never going to review any piece again. And I'm only ever going to be on set if it's something that is like personal and fulfillment for me in that moment, then I just won't do it. Like literally I just black and white, I just stopped. And so that was a huge thing for me that really freed me up to then use, you know, that time really to take care of myself. Wow. That is so, that can so be applied to tons of people who listen to this podcast because whether they are outsourcing to maybe their first assistant or they have a small team or they have a large team, like a lot of us have these things that we are not fully using and maybe we're feeling resentful or maybe we're like, you know, we don't know if we can trust them. Like, how do you build that trust and how do you really lean into like utilizing your support system or creating one for yourself? Yeah. Um, I love that question. And it comes down to, we have a phrase, are you denting the car or are you wrecking the car? Mm. So if it's a wrecking moment, like you're totaling the car, I'm never going to get it back. You need to come through me, period. Because I'm not willing to ever risk the company, our reputation, the mission, everything we've built. Um, I'm never going to uh, risk that, period. So I know that. But then if it's like, if you're just denting the car, it's really not a big deal, right? So if it comes to like a social post or even a video that goes out, it's like if the video isn't any good, okay, well, I can put it down if the worst came to the worst. Mm -hmm. You know, and if it's not going to dent our reputation, I need to see myself as being somebody that builds an amazing reputation over time, not just from one thing. So if right. I'm worried that I put out one piece of content that is garbage, well, then I haven't really built a reputation over these last few years that I can lean on. Mm. And, you know, you're never defined by one moment, even just as a person. Right? Think about what you like as a friend or what you like as a wife or a daughter or a mother. Like you're never going to be defined by that one moment. But don't be fooled that you don't earn a reputation. And that reputation gets built up over time. So for me, it's 
like, okay, well, if somebody is going to, um, you know, potentially damage a piece of our reputation on one piece that's out there, then I've either done my job over these last few years or I haven't. And if I'm worried about one little piece that is going to literally wreck my company, then I'm not doing my job, period. So, um, so that's really where I go with making decisions and being able to lean on other people. It's like, is it a denting the car moment or is it, is it a wrecking the car moment? Mm. So good. So you have, I, j- I just want to point out, you're the co-founder and president of Impact Theory. You've co-founded Quest Nutrition. You've created Women of Impact, which is freaking awesome. I have so been honored to be on uh, your show. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in a second. But building a team, like this is, it's one thing to build a business. And then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, building a team. And I just think whether you have a team or not, this is about relationships. Mm-hmm. And something that I've watched you do so beautifully is have incredible relationships with people. And I think that starts with, you know, being like learning how to be a leader yourself. So uh, it's so great because you guys have, you guys came and spoke as guests at one of our masterminds. And ever since then, we've actually taught every single mastermind after that about the, if it's a part of the mission, it's your job, like no matter what that job is. Mm, so can you that. explain, do you, I'm like, do you remember like talking about that? Can you explain a little bit about that with your team? It was like, you were like, literally, if it's a, if it's a gum wrapper on the ground, like, I don't care who you are. If it's a part of the mission and it helps the mission, then yeah. it's everybody's job on the team. Yeah. Um, First of all, your mastermind was amazing and I loved being a part of it. And then having you on my show was an absolute honor back. So thank you, girl. Um, in regards to that, God, building a team, and I want people just to give a little bit of context to where I come from. So um, my husband, um, we wanted to make movies. We wanted to like get enough money so that we could pay for them ourselves because we actually hated the film industry at the time. And so my husband went off to build businesses. He was like, I'm going to go make money. I was like, yeah, great, babe. I'll support you. I'll be home. We'll do it for 18 months. And then together we'll take that money and make movies. <laughs> Seemed like a great plan at the time. Yes. Um, and so... 18 months turned into almost nine years. And so I had no intention of being a stay-at-home wife, but I actually ended up being a stay-at-home wife for eight years. And so for eight years, I had my two puppies and I was a mother to them. And that was it. I I had no um, full-time job. The job I'd had prior to that, um, like an actual paid gig was um, before I got married in England. So I had never been a leader, never owned my own business ever. And then Quest came along. I only, my intention was just to help my husband out and I'll just ship some bars from my living room floor (laughs) and shipping my bars from living room floor. We didn't expect to grow at 57,000%. And so we went from zero to a billion dollars in less than five years, which is amazing, but I I didn't expect it. And so my skill sets weren't up to par. And what had happened was, when I was just shipping bars from my living room floor, I thought, this is easy. And then the next thing I knew, I had a warehouse and I had an employee. And I was so scared to ask my employee to do anything because I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, I can't tell him to do this if I'm standing here. Like, why wouldn't I just do it myself? And so a lot of the time for the first like six months, I was like doing stuff instead of telling him to do it. 
Um, and then eventually I started to learn, okay, you can't scale like this. You have to be able to lean on people. Mm. So I would lean on people. And then I started to realize, okay, there's a way to lean on people. There's a way to motivate them to um, be there for you. And there's a way to demotivate them to not want to do anything for you. Mm. And so I had to learn what that language was and how, where that fine line is. And I was, you know, I'm very friendly and I love people. So I always try to be um, my employees' friends. And then that blew up in my face because, you know, um, you're trying to be nice and you love people and you want to see them do good. And so you sometimes keep people for way longer than you should. And, you know, it's, it's basically comes back to the humanity of a person, right? Like for me, it's like, I'd never experienced, um, you know, firing someone knowing that, oh my God, I'm taking away their paycheck. And, you know, so I didn't want to fire anyone, but then that meant that people knew it. And so what happened was people weren't pulling their weight because they knew that they could get away with it. So then I realized this isn't, um, this actually isn't in part going back to what you were saying about your mission. Like this doesn't align with my mission, with my goal. And I'm always very clear about what that mission is and what that goal is. So that when I act in a certain way, I can say, does this help? Go towards your mission or away from your mission? Does this push you towards your goal or away from your goal? So when I started to realize that I wasn't very good at being a leader, I realized that's moving me away from my mission and goal. So I better learn it. So that's then kind of then allowed me to look into how do I learn it? What books am I going to read? What podcasts am I going to listen to? What, per- what people am I going to follow on social that are going to teach me and empower me? And then I would try their skills or their tactics. And I would then see, does this work for me or not? Like I would never go into it going, this is it because, you know, Sheryl Sandberg, I admire her so much. So she must be right. No, I read her book, Lean In. I took the tactics. I tried to apply them to myself and my business. And then I saw, does this work for me? Yes or no. If it did, I kept it and evolved it. And if it didn't, I, you know, took whatever lessons I could possibly learn. And then I would move on. And, um, I'm not actually sure if I answered your question, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) so, um, building a team and having to be that leader, like having to learn how to be that leader and getting those lessons of, you know, I mean, I just love how much this applies to everything. I don't care if you, uh, work in corporate America or lead people, or you are just in a relationship, Mm -hmm. like there are going to be things reflected back at you that work for you and don't work for you and yeah. how it's going to show up. Like, what do you, it, it's, and it's the hard stuff that really, really, really makes way for a beautiful life and a beautiful team. hundred percent. And then I love the showing up part. It's showing up. And then when you make a mistake, because you will, when you fail, because you will, if you're mm-hmm. trying anything, that's going to be inevitable. When you do that, um, um, when, you know, when you fail, you can then look at it and go, what lessons did I learn? And then how do I grow and improve from it? So for me, being a leader, um, you know, in leadership and having employees and growing the business, it was every time it's like, okay, I've got a dent to my ego, you know, brush it off, get back up. What can you learn from this? And then get better at it. And that type of mindset just fueled me to do better and be better every single time I failed as a leader, instead of beating myself up, because my instinct, and I know I use that phrase a lot, it's because my instinct is to beat myself up. My Mm. instinct is to say, Lisa, you failed. How could you? See, I told you so. Like that's the negative voice that keeps appearing its ugly head in front of me. And I know that. And instead of just succumbing to it, I use tactics and things to allow me to get past it. And for me, it really is take this lesson, be better from it. Where do you think that voice came from? Like, have you ever been able to kind of pinpoint it? Oh, yeah. I think 
like a lot of people, I think it just comes from, you know, um, not feeling like I was good enough. So growing up, um, I had frizzy hair and a unibrow and my brother was very good looking and my sister was very popular. Um, I had braces. I had the head brace with like the elastic bands, you know, like that was <laughs> shebang. Um, so, <laughs> so that was me. And so I think self-esteem, I didn't really have much self-esteem um, growing up. And so I clutched onto anything that I possibly had and to admit that I wasn't good enough yet, to admit that I wasn't, you know, attractive or to admit that I had flaws only made me feel worse about myself. So I just tried to block that out. And so I always tried to be right. I tried to be perfect. I tried to, you know, I wouldn't try anything unless it was going to be perfect. Or unless I could guarantee it was going to, you know, be um, successful because the last thing I ever wanted was to highlight any faults that I had. I already had problems, you know, emotionally. Um, so why would I, you know, in- encourage that? And now I'm the opposite. It's like, yep, I've got a fault and I want to say it out loud to be able to then admit it, own it and then do something about it. Like that's the thing It's like whatever fault anyone right now is listening thinks of themselves the amazing news is is that you know about it so now you can fix it and I would use that framing to motivate me and to empower me instead of bring me down and make me feel badly about myself goes back to what I was saying earlier about you know does it serve me or does it not serve me Mm. all right so tell me about your show women of impact where did that come from why is it such a passion uh something that is such a passion for you and maybe one of the stories well i'm sure so many have impacted you but something that's really impacted you from women of impact oh and well the show really came about i had no um, desires or dreams to ever be in front of the camera, to ever um, be doing interviews like this. Like that was never anything that I ever wanted. I was way um, just insecure to ever even think about putting myself on camera or being recorded any way, shape or form. And so I was always behind the scenes. So I, you know, was co-founder of Quest, built that. Um, co-founder of Impact Theory, built that. I was always the background support system, um, make things happen. And then my health went. And so I've just been like, I've had a lot of struggles, not really thinking about it. But the more people I talk to, the more people are like, oh my God, you've done that too. Oh my God, I can't believe that you've had that. And so having people be empowered by just me talking, to be honest, like I never expected it. And I'm like, but I'm just telling my story. Like you find that empowering? And people are like, oh my God, yes. And it really was that that then made me um, take a step back and go, okay, Lisa, what is your mission? Your mission is to impact people. Okay. Here you are being told by other people that by telling your story, you're impacting them. So why am I not telling my story more? It's out of insecurity. Mm It's out of, um, you know, not necessarily having a desire to be on camera. And I'm not saying that that people should do things that they don't enjoy. I actively rebel against doing things that I don't enjoy. But (laughs) I was like, I don't know if I don't enjoy it unless I try it. And so here you are, Lisa, saying, no, you don't want to do it because you don't enjoy it. But you've never actually tried it. So once I started dissecting again why I wasn't doing it, I started to realize it was out of like, well, can I really do this? Do I really have anything good to say? Does anyone actually want to listen? Like that all comes from insecurity. Mm. And so I was like, okay, now I'm not serving my mission again. So give it a shot and look, 
people will either say, yes, you're impacting them or you're not, and it will come out in the wash. And if I am and I enjoy it, then I will continue it. If I'm not impacting people, then I'll just stop. And so I was like, okay, maybe I'll do a podcast. I'll just, you know, record, like get some incredible women that I know and I'll, you know, have these conversations. And in my true personality, which I should know by now, is nothing ever ends up the way I had anticipated it. <laughs> it always starts okay. off very small. Yeah, like, oh, I'm just going to date this American guy. You know, 17, <laughs> 17 years later, I married him, moved to America and, you know, built two businesses with him. So so with with the show, it was like, I'm just going to do, you know, voice, I'll do recording. And then Tom's like, but babe, we've got, we literally have studios in our house with cameras just sitting here. Why wouldn't you just press record? So I was like, all right, I'll just press record. And I was like, well, if I'm going to use three cameras, I may as well use six. I have six cameras here, so why not? Well, if I've got six cameras, I might as well have someone to edit it. And it became a full-on <laughs> show as it is today. And, you know, you were definitely one of my early guests, which was such an honor to have you on. And mm-hmm. it's kind of just taken on a life of its own. It really has. It's been able to then bond with other women. Like what I didn't realize, I'd started it to try and empower other people. And what I didn't expect was that I'm now doing it purely selfishly because mm. every single time I have someone on, I learn something new. I have a different perspective, even if I don't agree with it, which I love talking to people with different perspectives. Um, so it really has allowed me to grow from learning from the women but also another thing is I like to push my boundaries of what I'm capable of. Mm. And so when I first started, I was just me. And then I was like, all right, Lisa, don't just go in going, well, this is just me. Like actually try and improve. And every day, try and be better. Every episode, try and do that one, one thing that's better than the last episode. Because I never want to be that same person. I don't ever want to listen to a podcast interview I've done or I've hosted you know, a year ago and still be the same thing and still be the same person now. So growth is very important to me. And Mm -hmm. so when I look at each person, it's like anything new that I can learn from, any new background, you know, my own history, my own past has made me who I am today. But there's a a world of um, experiences I don't even know exist. Like it wouldn't have even dawned on me that someone would have had to go through X, Y, and Z if I hadn't have spoken to them about it, you know? Um, so like sexual abuse, I've never had to deal with, thankfully never myself, but since I've been doing the show, like it is mind blowing how many women have had to deal with it on one, one way or another. So it's made me more empathetic towards that, um, that cause or that's, you know, that, that, um, God, I don't even know what to call it. That incident that, Mm. um, you know, I, I just, I wouldn't have, realized how much it affects women if I hadn't have done all the episodes I've done. I wouldn't have realized how much um, diet or food disorders exist if I hadn't sat in front of women. Because I look, you know, I'm just as guilty as anybody else. I look at people on social and I think about, oh my God, they're perfect. Or they have this life and oh, what a wonderful relationship or wonderful business. Or, oh my God, they have the perfect body. And every time I get someone on the show, it ends up being like, wow, they actually are just human. And they weren't born with that perfect body and they've struggled with it. And, you know, or with a relationship. It's just, I know I'm kind of going on now, but it really has opened my eyes to just so many different issues. And that's made me just empathetic as a human. Oh, I think that's so powerful. And I could not 
be in the same boat with you more <laughs> as far as like now I do the show because it just has connected me and opened mm-hmm. my eyes and so many different things. Um, and perspective is our power, like to, mm-hmm. to really be aware and realize how much of our struggles in life that we are not alone in. Um, yes. and how that just sharing that empowers us, like truly just letting it go in a safe space of understanding or, you know, when you host and people are talking to you and you create that safe environment, knowing that it's going to get out to the people that need it. Like that is so healing as well. Sharing our stories as women is, is like one of the most powerful things that I think we can do. Yeah. I actually have a question for you. Why do you think we always think we're alone in what the problems that we go through? I think that a lot of us are not sharing it enough yet. I think so many of us and so many of the women that we look up to, and it's starting to become more and more common, but it's not an everyday conversation. And I think sometimes because when we're going through it, we don't see it reflected back to us that in, you know, it'd be challenging to like put every single piece of content you put out. Hey, I also had this happen. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It wouldn't be a very fun, fun place to live. But I do think it's important if anybody's listening, you know, to share with people like to ask or look for that evidence of other people who have gone through it and create that safe space for yourself or go, you know, confide with a friend or see where you can share because that's, I mean, when things are going, you know, Lisa, I shared something with you right before this podcast and I felt Mm -hmm. so much better just being able to share with you and I felt more connected to you. So, um, it's like just that power of even a brief share with somebody who is empathetic and just is able to kind of just sit with you in it, you know? And yeah, I think you're a hundred percent right. And even with my gut issues, I didn't talk about them for two years. I was literally was suffering in complete silence. I mean, I was mm-hmm. going to work at Quest and I had all these um, contraptions. Like I would have these, you know, to test my gut biome. I would have like these machines attached to me and I was so embarrassed. I would wear big baggy clothes to mm-hmm. hide the machinery that the doctors had given me because I didn't want anyone to know I was sick. And I think that that came down to my own insecurities and being embarrassed myself. So I wasn't talking about it and you're 100% right. It's like, if I wasn't talking about it, then I wasn't asking other people questions. And I think when you talk about something, it almost gives other people permission to be okay to talk about it too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Million percent. It's like, oh wait, it's okay to actually say yeah. feeling and not feel, you know, I think as women, we feel like we're unloading on people or we're bothering mm-hmm. them or when our, I don't know about you, but I, I grew up with my perspective. This is maybe not even what I was told, but my perspective of what I saw the women uh, in going on around me, it was like, our value came from if we were, you know, caregivers and nurturing mm-hmm. and saying yes and peacemakers and you know you were you were loved if you were just the person who was helping clean the house mm. and helping out and the, I, I remember seeing the people in my family who were you know otherwise known as the drains or the people who people didn't want to be around because they were so negative and it was like oh I don't want to be one of those people so what happens mm-hmm. is I think a lot of us from different stories I've heard like have felt like, oh, I'm not going to be valuable if I'm not constantly offering value. Like if I share my problems, Mm. I'll be a burden. Yes. 
Yes, that's so true. And for me, just one more thing is I, I used to think that talking about problems made you appear weak. And oh. so I never wanted to appear weak, especially, you know, when you've got people around you that, you know, if you're running a business, you, you always want someone to be able to look up to you as a leader and never be like, oh man, like she's going to crash and burn. So I think that was it as well, right? Like keeping it to myself so that nobody... Um, thought that I was weak, even though I did feel weak. And now I'm just like, I just have to own it because I can't get strong again until I've acknowledged the state of weakness that I'm in. Mm. Oh man. Okay. So this is a great transition for like, I, I, I feel there's this beautiful dance that we have to do of, of sharing, you know, where we're at in our difficult times and giving ourselves like space to either heal, right? Get, get better if we have health issues or grieve or talk about different things that have happened in our past. Um, but also, you know, a lot of us have some really big missions that we know have to come out. Like they, we can't even rest easy without knowing that we have to fulfill these missions. of this. Yeah. And I don't yet know how to completely articulate without going back and forth, which might be what I always do of like, sharing the importance of just like extremely hard work and like sitting in the fire and the hard stuff and uh, you know, the painful stuff and the transformative stuff and the failures, like so many people, I think, you know, there was a, a, a big conversation I feel at in 2018 and 2019 of like, just rest, ease, flow, like do less. And I'm like, okay, yes, I'm doing less, but you also have to do more sometimes, like there's this rocket ship <laughs> moment where if you're going to break through the atmosphere, you like have to go full throttle. So yeah. I was really, to be honest, I was like really torn when that conversation first started because I felt like I didn't know how to truly lead women by telling them just to do less if their big vision was big. Like I knew what it was going to take for them to get there. So could you share a little bit about maybe your experience with growing companies and the importance of, yes, those full throttle moments, but also how do we learn how to balance that? Oh, girl. Oh, and my alarm's gone off. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, you literally, this is a subject I am so obsessed with talking about because I 100% agree with you. Quest would not be Quest if I didn't put in that time. Mm -hmm. impact theory would not be impact theory if I didn't put in that time and effort and that's actually I struggle with that because my health is where it is today because I pushed myself too far but I'm I'm successful with my businesses because I pushed myself as much as I did and so it comes down to what do you actually want and what is most important and so even kind of going back to last year where I knew if I just stopped the business like literally I don't I'm very fortunate with the success of Quest. I don't need to work. So if I didn't work and all I did every day was take care of myself, I would have been better years ago, let alone, you know, six months ago. Like years ago, I would have been better. So I recognize that in what I am doing, I am not healing myself as quickly as I could. And that's a conscious effort. And I've told myself, I don't, like, it's just a choice that I'm making. And other people may think I am nuts and that is okay. But I have to live the life for myself. And the life that I want to live is a life of fulfillment. And what fulfills me? My business. 
Right? So it kind of comes full circle. So I go, okay, I've got this business that fulfills me, but I've got a health that I have to deal with and I have to get better. Just keep going where what I'm doing is going to kill me early. Like I'm very aware of that. So I'm not going to die early. I plan to live to well over a hundred. So I need to work on, you know, my health as well. Mm-hmm. So I consciously said, what does doing both look like? And it, you know, so I would put in boundaries. I would put in timelines. I'd be like, okay, from six o'clock onwards, I would leave whatever work I'm doing. I would go into a space by myself, eat my dinner in peace, and then keep working. So what I used to do is just keep working, keep working, keep working, be with the team, be with meetings up until the time I'm going to bed. I would wake up meetings, meetings, meetings. So now I just say, I just like peace and quiet. I want to be by myself. I need to think. I want to be in an environment that I can control that doesn't get hysterical. So I've taken certain actions in my life to allow me to kill my health slowly, but to also build my business. And again, that's just been a conscious decision. So I think with anyone that's listening, you just have to assess what is important to you. Like is building a business right now the most important thing? And don't feel badly. I think a lot of people have put so much pressure on the self-care part of it, you know, in making sure that we meditate and things like that, that if someone doesn't, it's almost like we're frowned upon now. And I'm just like, God, when do we just stop judging ourselves and each other? And just say, make a decision that's right for you. So if your decision is, I'm going to go all in for two years and I'm going to make sure that after that two years, I'm going to start to take care of myself or I'm going to go all in. And once a week, I'm going to take one hour for self-care. Then don't feel badly. Just make the decision knowing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. What the other way, right? If you don't care about business and all you want to do is take care of yourself and have a family and be there and be healthy, you should do that. But don't also trick yourself, right? Either way. It's like, just do it with open eyes. Be honest about the realities of what you're doing and then do it consciously. Because I actually don't think you can get a freaking smash hit successful business and put in little hours because there's going to be somebody else that's going to be willing to put in more hours than you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, in, in looking back now, there were things I could have done to support myself with my health a little bit more, which I, which I did a pretty decent job of it. Um, but it's like, you learn afterward. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's yeah. Jobs quote, right? It's like, it's hard to, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. I feel like it's the same for lessons. It's like when you're in it, it's very challenging to see, you know, you, you're not necessarily like, yes, I could see what I could do. It's like when it's, after you're through that phase, you're like, okay, I could do that again, but this time I'm going to do it this way with a little more conscious effort around X, Y, and Z, but also having grace for wherever you were. Like you couldn't have learned it without not learning it. (laughs) Totally. And I I had so many people, you know, I took, it was like seven or eight years where we did not, I, I cannot remember one weekend off. Like we worked every single yeah. and with like building our network marketing business. And also I was building a, you know, a fitness and self-development brand like simultaneously. And mm-hmm. I had so many people tell me like, you need to rest. You're not playing. Like you're, you're going to wake up and have so many regrets and like just a lot of, a lot of women had a lot of resentment towards me because I think a lot of people wanted to be my friend during that time. Mm. But I was not interested in friends. I was, Mm -hmm. and I'm just being super honest. I was interested in this mission that was inside of my soul getting out. Yeah. I did. I, I couldn't even 
be now. Was this right? I don't know. I'm just sharing. Like I couldn't be present with people. Mm -hmm. Um, even when I tried to be friends with people, because I wasn't, I was like, I have so much I have to get out right now. And Mm. that it's out. I'm like, thank God I did that because I am able to be so present and know what type of friends I want and Mm -hmm. know where I'm going. And you know, I think because the front end of my life was so chaotic and crazy, you know, growing up and just like not doing anything that it was, I had so many years to catch up on and that's just what it looked like. And instead of giving yourself a hard time, it's almost like, wow, that's what I had to do to get here. Yeah. And also, um, I chose to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like no one forced me to no one. And I, I love what you said about the friendship thing, because I was in that same thing when we were building Quest. I very consciously said like, my business comes first. And I told everybody, like I wasn't be try- trying to be rude, but I just want, I like setting people up for success. It's like a phrase mm-hmm. I like to use. It's like, let them know exactly what to expect. And so one of my closest friends that I've been friends with um, since I was nine years old, she turns around to me and she's like, would you be godmother to my son? Um, and it was such an honor that she asked me, but I had to be honest with her. I was like, what type of godmother are you looking for? Because Mm -hmm. right now I'm building my business. And while it is such an honor and I would love to say yes to you, the realities are, I'm going to forget his birthday. Like, I'm just being honest. Like I could Mm -hmm. potentially Mm -hmm. forget his birthday, but let me tell you, if he ever called me up and said, Hey, I need you, I would be there in a heartbeat. So that's the type of godmother I'm going to be. Like anytime you need me, you call me and tell me, I will drop it. But other than that, I'm going to forget. And so if it's okay, like if that's the type of godmother that that you're, you're accepting, I would be honored. But if you're looking for somebody to be in their lives every single week and call them every Saturday, like I'm just not going to be that. And so I think you need to then find somebody that you want to be that. And I don't take offense to it, but that's the truth. And immediately she turns around. She's like, Lisa, I've known you for like 25 years. Are you joking? I know exactly who you are. She's like, of course, I still want you to be the godmother. So I was like, amazing. And (laughs) you've never given me, you know, any type of crap since. And you know, yes, I have forgotten the kid's birthday. And you know, but anytime, like I went over to England, you know, and I made sure that I spent time with him. I made sure that I played video games with him and was present, but I'm not in his life every single day. And, but I was honest because that was actually a part of me that worried, right? Is that the pressure and expectations other people have on me? I then succumb to that pressure and expectations. And then I start to like unravel because I, the weight of my own expectations and other people's on me just is too much to bear. So I was just very honest with the type of person. And now I've switched, like I've done the hard work. I put in those times and those hours and I'm older now. And now it's just like family is the most important thing to me period. And my, you know, my mom came to visit and I never take time off and I just took the day off and, you know, hung out with her. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was that, you know, every step and thing that I do, I try to, um, not trick myself and be very, very honest about what that action or what that decision is going to bring me. And, you know, I, I made that decision when I started my business and I think it, it helped me get through it. Instead of just succumbing to the pressures, like I said, same with being a wife. Um, you know, I was a stay-at-home wife for eight years. And then I turned, you know, said to Tom, I turned around. I was like, I want to be in business. I love Quest. I want to help build it. Mm. You know, so those expectations had to change. I was no longer cooking for him um, and doing all those sorts of things. But again, kind of, you just had to communicate. You had to, I had to be honest with him. And, you know, because 
when someone's changing, I think it can be sometimes detrimental. I don't know if you ever get this, but it's like, oh my God, you've changed. You're not the person that I thought you were. And you're like, I hope not. Right? Like that's a compliment. That's not an insult. Yes. Oh my God. You just, I mean, honestly, thank you for sharing that, even that exact example, because I think so many of us, when it comes to a close friend or family, it's like, we're like, oh, well, it's almost like a guilt thing. Like I should be this person and I'm not. And when I try to fit into that box of like, you know, I've had a lot of friends who, I mean, pretty much same thing right down to almost the exact example. I'm just like, I I can't get inside of that box. Mm-hmm. It's a box for someone else, but I literally can't fit myself inside of it. It's not going to work. I'm going to disappoint you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's so counterintuitive to maybe what we think we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So say yes, and then they suffer. Like it literally eats at them and starts destroying their life because they're trying to step into shoes that are not meant for them. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it's, it's like, thank you for that. It was so freeing. Hey guys, I just want to take a minute to pause to bring you one of our incredible partners and sponsors in this podcast. And as you know, I am beyond excited to be sharing some of these epic companies with you that I'm obsessed with. And here's why. Because of getting sponsorship for this podcast, I have been able to get you insanely amazing discounts from companies that I am in love with. And this could not be more timely for this particular sponsor, and that is Skillshare. And let's talk about why. It's because it is the place to have an online community and learn anything that you want. You can explore new skills. You can deepen existing passions. You can completely learn any new skill during this time. And you guys, if you have not been listening to my podcast, I have been talking so much about how we should use this time that we have to be learning, to be getting better, to be strengthening our skills, especially for times like these. So you guys, Skillshare is the coolest place to go and be able to not only meet fellow people who are exactly like my who want to be learning, especially right now, but who are going to be in your community. There are the coolest classes, literally anything that you can think of, you can go and take a course on and learn from experts. You guys could do iPhone filmmaking. You can do street photography. You can do video on a budget. You can learn YouTube success, learn how to build an authentic channel that's worth a follow. You guys, When I say anything is on Skillshare, I mean anything. And when I tell you what this deal is, it's going to blow your mind because what they offered me for all of you is two free months of premium membership at Skillshare.com forward slash happy. So you guys, if you want to be able to get the deal, which is two free months of premium membership at Skillshare.com, it's going to be Skillshare.com forward slash happy. That's two whole months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. I just want to know, how many classes do you think that you're going to take in this time right now? I know that I am going to be taking as many as I possibly can. I have committed to one hour of learning every single day right now. So you guys, again, two free months of unlimited access to thousands of online classes and an insanely amazing supportive community where you can learn anything. 
illustration, design, photography, video freelancing, and more. And I'll tell you the more skills that you have, the more prepared you are and the more things that you can offer out in the world. And you know, this podcast is all about being able to monetize your offerings and make sure that you're supported. So go check those out now. It's totally free. Oh my God. Skillshare.com forward slash happy. Let me know if you do it. I want to know about your... You've got a super exciting project you're working on right now. And my God, you are such a brilliant artist. Like legitimately, I just was staring at a picture that you drew. Oh, thank you. Did you... Were you always able to draw? Um, Yeah. As a kid, I um, I wanted to be Walt Disney. So I used to sit there and do those little drawings in, in a flip book and make my little character move. Um, and then one day my mum crushed my heart and soul and told me that Disney no longer draws. He does it on computer. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, um, I started to realize I actually just love the pencil, like pencil and paper. And mm. uh, my mum tried to encourage me to study at university. And what actually ended up happening in my finals in college. So in England, you go to high school, then you kind of do two years in college and then you go to university, which is your college. It's a little confusing. But um, after I finished high school, I did two years and my mom wanted me to study art. And so I studied art because I actually really enjoyed it. And over those two years, the teacher sucked out my my soul for drawing. Um, He said, if you want to pass, you have to sculpt, you have to paint, you have to use different mediums. You can't just use pencil and paper. And I was so um, stubborn that I kept just drawing with pencil. Mm. And eventually, and he he started to fail me. And my mum turned around to me and this was such a powerful lesson to me. She turned around to me. She said, okay, you can draw with pencil and do what your heart wants and fail. Know that you're going to fail. Or you can do what your teacher says and get into the college that you want to get into. Either way, it's your decision. Don't be fooled by thinking it's not. And I was like, wow, that's so true. Like, my teacher is telling me he's failing me because I'm doing pencil. All I enjoy is pencil, but what is, what is the goal that I'm trying to get to, right? And in fact, this whole thing that like, I keep repeating is, what is your goal and does it serve you or not? Actually, that's actually really interesting. That's where it comes from. Huh? That actually just all fell into place for me. Wow. Um, but yeah, but that's exactly what my mom told me. And so I was like, wow, okay, what do I want? I was like, I don't want to fail. I really want to get into the college that I wanted to get into. And I had to get a certain amount of grades. So I said to my teacher, fine, I'm just going to do whatever he tells me to do. And I did. And I ended up top of the class. I got, um, into the college that I wanted to, I got all the grades that I wanted. And at the end, my teacher was like, Oh my God, you're amazing. We want to keep your work. And I said, take it all. I hate it. And I literally handed over all of my art pieces to the school to keep. Um, and I said, I'm never going to do art for anybody else ever again, except for myself. And that was the last time I ever really did anything other than just draw for myself. Wow. What it, what an amazing, I mean, that's such a freaking awesome lesson because we can get so caught up in the way that we get there or the, the vehicle, but mm-hmm. we forget like, wait, where do we actually want to go? And is this what we actually want? Like, that's so beautiful. Um, okay. So what has it brought you to? 
So yeah, so now, so for 10 years, I actually didn't pick up a pencil at all because we were work, we were building Quest. And I put that part aside. Like I literally, when I say I went all in on Quest, I went all in. Like you were saying, didn't have a weekend off. Every waking moment is all like about your business. And so I didn't draw for over 10 years. And when my health completely declined, I was like, I have to start doing things for me again. And I started to dig deep and look back at what all the things that I used to love to do that I don't do anymore more and drawing was one of them and mm-hmm. it has become part of my Sunday routine now I use it almost like as a way of meditating like it calms me down it makes me focus on just one thing um, and so I found it so beautiful as a rehabilitation method for me for my health um, and um, but it's also brought me back to my creative like I've so been in the mindset of you know, building businesses and, um, you know, how to empower people, myself and others that I've lost the creativity and what that actually means to me. Mm. And so, um, we started Tom and I, you know, part of impact theory is there's two divisions. There's the fictions, sorry, the nonfiction side, which is the shows that we do impact theory, health theory, and women of impact. And then there's the, um, the fiction side of it, which is comic books, televisions, and movies. Because when we really looked at how do you empower, um, not just like the people in your ecosystem, but actually the world, like when there's 7 billion people in the world, like how do you actually reach everybody um you look at what behaviors people do and what are the behaviors that everybody does instinctually is they watch tv and they watch movies they don't sit down and watch an hour of a youtube show um talking about female empowerment and i'm very aware of that you're only going to get a small niche of people take in fact the best example i can use is take healthy eating You can tell a small amount of people to go to the gym six to seven days a week, work out and eat chicken and broccoli. And they're going to do it. But you can't tell the world to go and do it. They're just not going to because their instinct or the natural inclination is to eat, is to have yummy food and to sit on your ass. It's not to go, right? It's not to, go to the gym and work your ass off. So yeah. when you look at the instincts of people, that's why Quest worked so much or so well. Because we looked at what is the instinct. People like to eat. People like to eat sweet things. All right. Well, what if we produce a product that caters to what people naturally do and it happens to be good for them? Hmm. Well, what's the mindset version of that? It's television and movies. People are going to do it whether you tell them to or not. Now imagine it's got an underlying um, theme of empowerment. Mm. They're going to watch TV and movies in a way. So why not empower them and make them believe in themselves once they're done watching it? So that's really where we, why we went from Quest Nutrition to Impact Theory. It was we impacted the body and now we're looking to impact the mind. And the mind is being creative, is the storytelling. Like even today in the, this interview, right? How many stories have I told? Mm. And it's in the stories that I think people connect with. So storytelling to me is extremely powerful. So now I'll come full circle and say, okay, I love drawing. I love creative. Tom and I, both our backgrounds are filmmaking. We both went to film school. So now we're coming back to our roots. We're using our success of Quest, our financial success, and we're taking it and we're putting it into these, creating these intellectual properties that can empower people. So Mm -hmm. what I'm really focusing on is the female empowerment side. I went and saw Wonder Woman. I absolutely loved it, but it was set in World War II. And, you know, so I was starting to think about what are the things that people really um, gravitate towards? It is superheroes. It's that belief that um, 
you're not just like everybody else, right? That you have something special about you. But the truth is, I think everybody does. I think everyone has something special inside them. They just have to believe it. And so how do they believe it? So I was kind of like basically taking all these notions, unwinding things, and then piecemealing it together to say, okay, how do, what I know about humans, what I know about myself, what I know that I love to do, and combine them, what does that look like? So for us, the conclusion is, step one, I'm going to be um, creating a graphic novel. So it's something that young girls can pick up and read. It's something that parents can read to their, you know, their, their kids. It's something that adults can pick up because it's, it's going to be very beautifully visually um, drawn. I'm not going to draw it though. And the reason I'm not going to draw it is my art is for me. And it comes mm. back full circle. I would rather pay someone to do it than to suck the joy that I have of drawing. So I'm actually paying somebody to do that. Um, but yeah, so really now it's putting together this graphic um, female empowerment novel. It's called The Wish Academy. Um, Wish as in W-I-S-H, Women of Impact Superheroes. Mm. And so I'm building this world of superheroes, but I'm also taking real women and real women's stories and making them a part of the fiction world because coming full circle again back to, you know, when I interviewed you, when I interviewed all these other women, the thing that impacts me most is the reality of people's stories. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so if I can take that and somehow put it into a piece of content that people can read, people can pick up, I think could be just extremely impactful. So the step one is the female graphic novel. The step two is um, turning that into a TV series or a movie. And um, then step three is winning the Academy Award. So that, <laughs> is, um, that is absolutely my next goal. I have visualized it more than you can possibly imagine i have visualized tom doing that prince romantic dip that he always does with me on stage when we win the academy award and i like to call my shot i think saying it out loud um really does solidify the idea and it kind of just puts like it over your head right like wow you've said it now you can't go back on your words um Mm. and, and i personally like that pressure so i am saying it out loud many 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 times over and over again so that one i believe that it is is actually going to happen because i believe the power of belief can make or break your your goals um and then actually just visualizing it so i know exactly what that looks like so that every time i'm stuck or i fall on my face or i fail i just literally click my fingers have that vision of me on stage getting that academy award with my husband and it, it picks me back up immediately Hmm. Wow. So much of that is just, I mean, yes, I, I am a 1 million percent firm believer in that and it will happen um, in some form or some way it will happen. And I just place myself either in the audience or at home uh, with a party for you guys. So <laughs> oh, thank you. I just like, <laughs> locked in one more little tent anchor there. <laughs> for, for that. Well, now I can't make you down. I was picturing your dress as well. So, or whatever you're wearing on stage. (laughs) I can't let Lori Hard down now. I've got to win an Academy Award. (laughs) No, no, it's going to happen. So, um, Lisa, thank you so much. I truly, there, there are a few women in my mind who I always think of because I am 
uh, really in a place of setting some massive things for my life, which this is just how I want to live my life, the rest of my life, thinking bigger. And you are one of my North Star females for thinking bigger. Like it's just not a question. It's just like, yes, do it. And this is what we're doing. And this is, you know, you're picturing yourself there and it's happening. And and uh, I think that's so important. So just full permission uh, is what you are giving so many people. And I'm so inspired just by your certainty. And I think that's what we all, we can all use a piece of that. Um, And it's really going to change the way that we approach our vision. And also it's going to create the vision that is reality. So I just want to acknowledge you for all that you've done and for Mm -hmm. how you show up for all of us. Um, And thanks for this conversation. Thank you, girl. I so appreciate coming on. I think you're freaking awesome. I have the honor of knowing you, you know, off camera as well as on. And you are one of the most authentic women I have ever come in contact with. So, um, you know, thank you for always being you. I know we're just like gushing now over each other, but like, <laughs> I want your audience to know, like, and I'm sure they do at this point because they probably heard, you know, so much of you, but like you are truly one of the most authentic freaking women I have ever had the pleasure to know. Um, and so, so I just want to thank you and thank you for having me on and, you know, for taking the time to talk to me and your audience for listening. I so appreciate it. I can't even begin to tell you. Mm, thank you so much for that. I truly like received every piece <laughs> of that. That was amazing. Um, and you guys, if you loved this podcast as much as I did, make sure you go and follow Lisa. Let her know what you thought of the podcast and definitely tune into Women of Impact. It is such an incredible series. Um, so many of my friends and so many women that I look up to uh, have shared their stories in such a deep, profound way um, and share that. Share her Women of Impact um, series because it truly uh, is going to change the world. So go follow Lisa. Share this episode. So, so grateful for you. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye, everyone. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought and honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye. Hey, do you know what the big secret is this year? And it shouldn't be a secret because this should be your biggest focus. It is building your community. I am always working on building and nurturing my community and everyone is talking about the power of community. Without an online community, you just cannot grow organically or create a real movement, which is what I know that we're all after. And you can build trust or monetize your audience. When you get community right, Not only does your audience grow faster, but so do your sales. But where's everybody going to be managing their communities these days? And a lot of online entrepreneurs and thought leaders are turning to circle.so. 
Circle is an all-in-one community platform. It lets you host content and create discussions, live streams, group chats, and memberships all under your own brand. And what's so cool about Circle.so is that you don't even need a website or Facebook group. Instead, Circle lets you build your own community site where you can host content and manage your members. You can even create locked and unlocked content spaces, groups, and classes. How freaking cool is that? You can put your content behind a paywall too, and you can charge different amounts of money for different spaces on your community site. Circle.so is famously easy to use, and it has a free 14-day trial for you, so you can go check it out, see if you like it, see if you love all the options. Just go to circle.so. Go check it out right now, you guys. Imagine being able to manage your community, start group chats and live classes, and accept payments all in one place. Kind of mind-blowing since this is usually spread all over the place. You have to log into so many different things. If this is the year to capture, organize, and monetize your community, head over to circle.so. You can get a free trial and start building your online community right now. Just go to circle.so. You guys, you get the 14-day free trial. So just go and see if it's for you. It's going to streamline everything and make your life so much easier. It's so freaking cool. Hey all, I'm so excited to share with you, Earn Your Happy is now part of Growth Day Podcast Network. A bunch of us are coming together to bring more growth to the world and support shows and brands that we truly believe in. And one of my friends is also on the network and I'd love for you to go subscribe to his show. You guys, Trent Shelton has the most incredible podcast. It's called Straight Up with Trent Shelton. And it's going to remind you that you are built for this. I have heard Trent speak in person multiple times. I've listened to his podcast a ton. He's coming on the show and I literally cannot wait because this man just spits straight fire. It is like truth that goes to your core and makes you take action right away. If you want one of those podcasts that when you're just out on a walk, you can't help but want to start running and run through a wall in your life, this is the show to go listen to. So you guys make sure that you go subscribe to the show straight up with Trent Shelton. You're going to love it. Hey, I know if you're listening to this podcast that you have big dreams and big goals. And one of the things that can really stop you is struggling with your marketing. Trust me, I have been there. Are you using 10 different systems just to build your online business? Then I want you to try Kajabi. Kajabi helps you build your web pages, set up funnels, and sell your courses, content, coaching, or communities. You've been hearing me talk a lot about funnels on this podcast and the importance of your email list. You can get a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com. I've talked about Kajabi before, but here's something that's super cool and new. They just rolled out an AI assistant for creating your online course curriculum. And this means you just type in a topic that you want to create on a course or webinar and bam, it's just generates a sample outline for you. It takes a ton of the hard work away. Of course, you're going to customize it to be your own, but this really helps you get over the struggle of how in the world to start which is where most people stop. If you're like me, starting is always the hardest part and that's what makes Kajabi so popular. They've made it easier for creators to build web pages, build courses, build coaching programs, build membership sites, build checkout pages, and build email funnels. So if you're struggling with any of those, you gotta go check it out. Go to kajabi.com. 
www.kajabi.com. Kajabi was really the first all-in-one system and is trusted by over 100,000 creators. I think that's good enough for me. Also as influencers and marketers who use this. And now their smart AI platform makes it easy to take what you know and turn it into an online course and business. Go start building with a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com.